All right, what I'm showing you here is a photograph of 13-year-old Vernon. He looks like he's like 10 or 11 or 12. He's got a baby face. That's how I was when I was 13. When I was 13, looked like I was 9 or 10. And uh, young black boy here. And this is how he has been described. Listen very carefully. He has been described as a smart and talented 13-year-old boy. One who had great comedic ability and a love for basketball. Why are we talking about Vernon Tony Jr. of Southeast D.C.? Well, it's because Tony was shot and killed in the 600 block of D Street Northwest in the Penn Quarter area. For those of you familiar with D.C., what a tragedy. A 13-year-old child described as smart and talented was gunned down in our crime-ridden nation's capital last week. As NBC Washington reported Monday, 13-year-old Vernon Tony Jr. was shot and killed. The 7th grader was a student at Kelly Miller Middle, Kelly Miller Middle School in Northeast D.C., Dr. Connell Cox, the principal, wrote a letter to families calling Tony smart, funny, and talented. He praised what he described the teenager's comedic ability and commented on his love for basketball. He had a natural comedic ability and loved to make people laugh, especially when he would joke that he was the principal of Kelly Miller Middle School. He loved to play basketball and spend his free time on the court with his friends. Democrat D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser called Tony's death a tragedy. Now, if you are a bleeding heart liberal, a BLMer, a woke tart, or someone who's emotionally or easily emotionally manipulated, you might feel outraged right now. Especially if I mention that this 13-year-old boy, smart and talented, funny, liked basketball, spent his free time on the court with his friends, was killed by a police officer. But let me fill in the blanks. He was shot by an off-duty police officer as he and a friend attempted to carjack that off-duty cop in the crime-ridden nation's capital last week. Him and another boy who was still out there on the loose walked up to the victim, an off-duty cop, sitting in a white Toyota Highlander Tony and the other youth ordered him to exit the vehicle. One of the children was holding his hand in his front waistband as if he had a handgun. And then apparently when he made a motion in self-defense, the police officer grabbed his handgun and fatally shot Tony in self-defense. The police are still searching for the other youth who took off to avoid a similar fate. That's the rest of the story. Now, if you're like me, you're like, okay, well, don't have a lot of information here. Maybe this young baby-faced 13-year-old was up to a dare. Maybe there was a misunderstanding. Maybe this was a one-off and he lost his life because of it. Well, 
let me give you some more information. This was not Vernon's first run in with the law. At the age of 12 in May, he had been, uh, NBC Washington notes, this was not Tony's first run in with the law. Tony, then 12, was arrested in May in connection with a number of armed carjackings in Southeast D.C. They don't know what happened with these cases because he's a minor and those things, that, that documentation is not easy to come by for their protection. So who's to blame here? Who's to blame here? Parents? Peer pressure? The cop who killed him? The Democrats and their lack of law and order? The inner city black community that still glorifies thuggery and criminality? All I know is that a 13-year-old boy has been killed And there probably were a lot of things that contributed to that. And the answer isn't simple. But the left will make this all about race. Will make this all about victimhood. No one let let this or or made this 13-year-old boy carjack an off-duty police officer. Once again, that is for first running with the law. It says here that he was... Uh, arrested in connection with a number of armed carjackings. Truly is a tragedy in our in, in, in the nation's capital, in our cities. And what have we done to help young black youth in the inner cities? We've imported more criminals from Latin America and around the world. We've brought in hij- uh, uh, hijadists And we've made the situation worse. Not we, my brothers and sisters, but the Democrats, the uniparty rhinos, and the D.C. elites. They are on a mission to destroy America from the inner cities to the suburbs to the rural areas. And we can't let them do it. What's the answer? No simple answer because the problem isn't simple. And it wasn't just one cause. But I'll tell you one thing. I thank God, and I probably should do this every day, that my mother took me out of the inner city. I lived in and around mostly Harlem, New York City, the first half of my childhood. My mother made the sacrifice and said, you know what? I'm going to move to California and I'm going to raise my son in a more suburban area. And more of a working class, middle class area. Get me away from that. I thank my mother. I thank my grandmother. Recently deceased. Almost made it to 99 years old. For instilling in me a love for Jesus and morality and biblical principles. My father is a convert to the Islamic faith on one half of my family my Hispanic family is mostly Catholic but many of them practicing Catholics and I do have a lot of family members they only go to church on Easter and Christmas and what have you what is the answer first of all everyone needs Jesus in their life but there's also the reality of peer pressure and this constant glorification of 
of criminals and crime to black youth, to Latino youth, to, to urban youth in general. And then the Democrats with their bad policies make it now easy to be a criminal. Slap on the wrist, no bail, make you a victim even when you are committing crimes. And the problem is only getting worse. I don't know the answer. But I know it's not a race issue. It's a culture and upbringing and morality and principles issue. We must fight to instill in our nation once again the traditional principles and values of morality, honesty, hard work, thrift, independence, not victimhood, but being a victor. I wonder how Vernon's life would have been had perhaps he had someone mentoring him in the proper way of thinking and acting. Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I am James, the Black Conservative Patriot, thus BCP Podcast. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter which of the two genders you are. If you bleed red, white, and blue, if you love the Constitution, freedom, liberty, independence, small government, personal responsibility, then you've come to the right place. I've got lots of different news, stories, and analysis that I want to cover with you. This is going to be a smorgasbord. This is going to be a buffet. And I may be jumping around a little bit, but there's so much on my heart and mind I want to get out to you. So let's get on to the next story. If you are on Locals, if you are on Patreon, if you are on Spotify, please put your comments in the comment section. I want to read your thoughts. Thank you, Mom, for teaching me to love Jesus. Thank you for taking me out of the inner city. And thank you, America, that we are not trapped, that we can change our circumstance. And let's keep America, America, let's make America great again. All right, next story. I am going to assume that if you know who Matthew Perry is, you know that he died. He died in the hot tub of his home. They found him apparently drowned in his hot tub. And some are thinking that he had a heart attack or some sort of cardiac arrest, died in his hot tub while he sent his assistant to run some errands for him. And now they're debunking something without the facts. They, they are jumping on everyone, calling them conspiracy theorists, and they're debunking the conspiracy theorists even though they don't have the facts either. This Toronto Star headline pretty much is what you'll be seeing throughout the world. Matthew Perry becomes the latest celebrity to have death falsely blamed on COVID vaccine. The exact cause of the actor's death hasn't been determined, but anti-vaccination advocates were quick to point a finger at the shot with no evidence. Then you look at the actor, they show you a picture of him, and they don't, you know, just uh, no, no evidence. No evidence. Okay. How about this? 
Anti-vaxxers quick to blame Matthew Perry death on vaccine. Friends star and fans are mourning the death of Matthew Perry. The actor's cause of death has not been revealed. Conspiracy theories took opportunity to try to link it to vaccine. Well, why would they do that? Why would they do that? Perhaps it's because of this. Because of this tweet from Matthew Perry. Could I be any more vaccinated? He tweeted out with a shirt that says, uh, well, the tweet says, could I be any more vaccinated? Get your shot and then get your shirt. Shop the entire collection at represent.com forward slash you Matthew Perry, only available for a limited time. And his shirt literally says, can I be any more vaccinated? Well, let's see. Is it really baseless? Let's use our critical thinking skills. Now, it's true. We don't know the cause of death. But what has been released is that he died in his hot tub. Does not appear to be suicide. He died drowning in his hot tub. Often, when people die like this, it's an accident. They slip and fall in. But he was already in the hot tub. Actually, his last post on social media is reported to have been him celebrating how great life is while sitting in a, in, a, in a hot tub. Okay. It's not a crazy conclusion that if a grown man drowns in a hot tub, that perhaps something happened suddenly. He slipped and fell, he hit his head, or he had cardiac arrest and drowned accidentally. Okay. Then you say, okay, what could have caused him to have cardiac arrest? 54 is not so old that you go, okay, cardiac arrest is, you know, rampant. Now I'm in my 40s, but I'm getting close to 50. So 54 seems very young to me. And then you see that he promoted the vaccine. Either he's a charlatan and didn't get vaccinated and was just hawking can I be any more vaccinated t-shirts? Remember, it was at represent.com forward slash Matthew Perry. So whatever this company is, he was an affiliate or something of it. And for available time, he wanted to get people to, have you been vaccinated? Yes, I couldn't. Could I be any more vaccinated? So the chances are, if he was pushing the vaccine, that he was vaccinated. We also know that, know that the vaccine causes heart issues, cardiac arrest, myocarditis, and other heart ailments. As a matter of fact, we have acquaintances whose daughter is currently in a hospital with myocarditis. Very, very frustrating. And that was not very common for a 17, 18, 19 year old to get that. But we know that it's a common side effect of the vaccine. So while yes, we don't know if Matthew Perry died of the uh, 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 because he had a heart attack or some sort of side, uh, he had some sort of side effect or uh, unwanted medical emergency due to the vaccine, but we do know that it's not completely out there crazy conspiracy theory that just perhaps he was vaccinated multiple times, boosted, may have had heart issues, which may have contributed to him having a heart attack and drowning in the hot tub. Now, generally, when to debunk this, they immediately tell you, oh, 
he had a history of heart disease or something else. But I'm looking at the latest news and I'm not seeing anything reported, at least right now, of him having any sort of heart issues. If they were really wanting to debunk that, that'd be the first thing they would say. They'd go, hey, look, you know, he did have some heart issues or he had a healthy heart or, or, or whatever. All I want to say here is I think it's so funny how they're so quick to be anti-anti-vax. Isn't that interesting? What are your thoughts? I'd like to hear and read them. All right, let's get into the next story. All right, here's ABC News two days ago. U.S. still pushing to free Hamas hostages as Israel expands ground assault in Gaza. And then they show you the Biden advisors talking about they're doing all they can to help civilians and American citizens held hostage there. Then we have White House saying that there are less than 10 Americans who are hostage in Gaza. Now you hear that number and you got to think to yourself, 10 sounds like a pretty low number, but according to reporters, that is what the White House was telling them. Then you dig into this further and you listen to Marsha Blackburn share the following. Here's what we know because it's what Jake Sullivan had to say. 100 Americans that are in. Here's what we know because it's what Jake Sullivan had to say is that there are about 500 Americans that are in Gaza and they're not being allowed to leave because Hamas will not allow them to leave. We need more answers on this issue. We need more answers on the issue of Americans in Gaza that Hamas will not allow to leave. Well, there's only 10 of those, right? No, she just said that there are 500. <clears throat> so Marsha Blackburn said the White House admitted Hamas is holding nearly 500 American hostages in Gaza. And then Twitter and their reader added context uh, put a little note that clarified it, supposedly, saying, although there are several American hostages being held by Hamas, the 500 senators speaking of are U.S. citizens that live in Gaza and are thus stuck there due to the conflict. They are not included in the Hamas hostage count. But then, as... Philip Wegg over at Rear Clear Politics and Rear Clear News points out, White House said yesterday less than 10 Americans were hostages. Blackburn's office tells me they consider the 500 Americans who admin says are trapped in Gaza, the 400 American citizens and their families, Blinken refer, reference, to being hostages. Why? They cite U.S. Code 18. Well, documentation beats conversation. So if 500 Americans are being held in Gaza against their will, not allowed to leave, does that not make them by definition hostages? And in fact, we have Jake Sullivan and the Biden administration again playing 
games of semantics to lie to the people? Well, let's look at U.S. Code number 18. What does it say? The Department of Justice, U.S. Code 18, hostage-taking. In 1984, Congress enacted the hostage-taking statute to implement the International Convention Against the Taking of Hostages. The statute became effective on January 6, 1985. Hostage-taking is defined as the seizing or detention of an individual coupled with a threat to kill, injure, or continue to detain such individual in order to compel a third person or government organization to take some action. The United States has jurisdiction over the taking of hostages outside the United States. The perpetrator, If the perpetrator or a hostage is United States national, if the perpetrator is found in the United States regardless of his nationality, the United States is the government coerced by the hostage taker. Okay. So, I'm sorry, this is off a little bit on my screen here. Let me fix that so you can read that along with me. Okay, let's, uh, let's put our thinking caps on. And let's break this down. 500 people in Gaza. Hamas won't let them leave. What happens if they try to leave? Well, they'll kill them. Or they're just barring them from leaving. They can't physically leave. Because Hamas wants a ceasefire or something else political from Israel and the United States. All right, so let's see how that fits into Section 18. Hostage taken is defined as a seizing or detention of an individual coupled with a threat to kill, injure, or continue to detain such individual in order to compel a third person or government organization to take some action. Hamas wants to cease fire and they are detaining and or continue to detain these individuals under threat of injury or death because they want the United States to cease fire or put pressure on Israel to cease fire. Well, damn, that looks like a hostage taking to me. So once again, conservatives like Marsha Blackburn are correct. And the mainstream media, the social media, fact checkers, and the left are wrong yet again. From 10 to 500. You're going to tell me that number was on accident. Or was it just another narrative spin by the illegitimate regime known as the Joseph Biden Robinette Jr. presidency? Boy, how they lie and deceive total children of Satan. All right, next story. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and any Israeli. This is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. All right. So that was a hearing that transpired today, Tuesday, and this little exchange between Homeland Security Secretary 
Alejandro Mayorkas, a treasonous, traitorous rat bastard who is doing everything but his job of securing the border and protecting and securing the homeland. The U.S. Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee had their annual Threats to the Homeland hearing today. And Senator Josh Hawley sharply, sharply criticized Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over the troubling social media post by a DHS employee endorsing violence against Israel and its Jewish citizens. And Mayorkas is there going, yes, there's odious speech and then there's hate speech, but one doesn't necessarily rise to the level of being terrorist activity. So we can throw in grandmas and potheads and patriots into the DC gulag where they're now going on years of not even having a court date, some of them, so much for a speedy trial because they questioned the results of the illegitimate presidency or the illegitimate uh, presidency of, of Joe Biden. But this speech is allowed to continue because it's not terrorist. It's just hateful. Now, let me be clear. I believe in freedom of speech. I believe in freedom of speech. The question is, should someone espousing this type of speech be working for the government? Especially for the Department of Homeland Security. That's what Josh Hawley wants to know. An employee of the Department of Homeland Security who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? All right. Alejandro Mayorkas's response to this couldn't have been more scripted. And this is where things get a little uh, terse, strained, uh, dramatic. First of all, let me uh, bring to your attention that as uh, Josh Hawley is asking these questions, we have here Alejandro Mayorkas on his phone or something looking at his notes reading a text or whatever, he's prepared for this question and he knows exactly how he's going to answer it. He knows exactly the playbook. He's looking at his notes there. This is a particular person who we've covered uh, in, uh, in a previous episode that tweeted these things out. And Josh Hawley wants to know specifically how this person is being dealt with, what's being done about this, and is this kind of stuff allowed? But Alejandro Mayorkas is a Democrat. He's a leftist. So the first thing he's got to go do is go into victim mode. And that's exactly what he does. Maybe he had to read his notes to remind him of his talking points. 
But when in doubt, if you're a Democrat, never take responsibility. Always go into victim mode. Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. I'm sorry. What have you done? This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives, you have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Well, technically, Holly, is what Marcus is saying is he's feigning outrage that you would, in his interpretation, say because of this one employee that that is symbolic or representative of the many employees at DHS. Kind of like a straw man argument. Holly wasn't saying that. He's saying this particular person is, is doing this. Have you fired the person? What actions have you taken for this person? But remember, Mayorkas has these four prepared points. Man, these Democrats... These Marxist bastards sure are something else, aren't they? Has she been fired? Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary. After um, the consumption of Senator Hawley's time, I'd like to speak. Has she been fired? Because I will we not would be. like an answer. Would you? Because I will not be given the opportunity. Has she been fired? So uh, that individual has been placed on administrative leave. So she's not one. been fired. Number two. Number Why has two, she not been fired? Number two. The individual was hired in 2019. Why has she not been Number fired? three, I cannot speak to an ongoing personnel matter. Why, why has this person not been fired? Your answer is you can't speak to it? The this isn't sufficient to fire her? I am not in a position to speak to an ongoing personnel matter. This that isn't sufficient to fire her? That's what you're telling me? That is not what I'm saying. But she's still on your payroll as we sit here today. That is not what I'm saying. She's still on your payroll as we sit here today. Senator. How many cases? She was an asylum and immigration officer. How many cases did she adjudicate? Senator, I'm not in a position to speak about an ongoing person. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking you how many cases she adjudicated. My uh, answer remains. Did she adjudicate any cases involving Israelis seeking asylum in this country? Same answer. Well, let me just point you to what else she posted on social media, where she drew attention to the fact that she is an immigration and asylum officer. Hashtag immigrants, hashtag asylum seekers, hashtag Palestine, hashtag refugees welcome. This is on her LinkedIn post where she has her professional affiliation posted. So I think the American people deserve to know, has, has she admitted, contrary to law, individuals who should not be in this country or denied Jewish refugees whose genocide she's advocating, asylum that they deserve. Same answer. These traitorous rat bastards think and act like they are above the law because they are. They are the law. This is called a police state. This is called tyranny. Josh Hawley, reasonable questions. Okay, I'm going to ask you, how many did she adjudicate? Are there instances of where her bias came into play? His answer remains the same. Imagine if Alejandro Mayorkas and the Biden regime worked as hard as 
uh, for the American people and our sovereignty and our security as they do for jihadists, illegal immigrants, and criminals? It'd almost be like, I don't know, we were under the Trump administration again. You're not going to you're not going to tell us what this person's done. Are you conducting a review of her cases at least? Senator, as I have said over and over again, I cannot speak to an ongoing You said that you will not. Matter. I can't believe that you would come to this committee knowing this. You know about this. I've written to you about it. You know all about it. And you come here unwilling to answer and suggest that it is wrong of me to ask you the question. Quite frankly, Mr. Secretary, I think that your performance is despicable. And I think the fact that you are not willing to provide answers to this committee is absolutely atrocious. Atrocious, but par for course when it comes to Alejandro Mayorkas. All right, dearest friends, I've got more stories and more news to analyze for you. I'll be back tomorrow with another segment. Happy Halloween for those of you celebrating it. Until mañana, ciao, goodbye, God bless.